What's going on, everybody? First off the bat, Happy New Year. Welcome to a new year, new edition of Philly Four Court Press. I'm your host, Big T. Will. I got my man, the producer extraordinaire, the birthday boy, Mr. Mike O'Connell. Yo, Mike, man, how was your birthday celebration? It was awesome, man. Uh, hope you had a happy new year as well. I uh, definitely got the triple whammy, actually, this time between Christmas, my birthday, and New Year. And, uh, you know, a couple of my birthday wishes have been starting to come true, especially uh, now that Sixers have, have put together a six-game win streak. And they're going to keep riding this wave, man. Oh, Embiid is Embiid right now. And I'm fired up. It's uh, it's good vibes right now, T-Will. Yeah, man. Uh, we're going to definitely jump into that in the show. Uh, we got, of course, a jam-packed one for you. Always got some uh, tea leaves to drop. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but in Beast, man, uh, last eight or nine games, Mike, I mean, let's put it like this. And I wanted to save this for later on in the show, but since you brought it up, you know, I'll touch it a little bit. Yeah. MB is playing better this stretch right now, this stretch of last, his last eight or nine games. He's playing better than what he did during the MP, MVP uh, run. I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 100%. He, he put up a, he's putting up almost triple-double numbers the last three out of four games. He did get a triple-double. And... You know, ever since that Hawks loss on the 23rd, the Sixers have been like, it seems like they've been locked in and just been dominant. Dominant. And they've only played, granted, they only played one, really, in my eyes, one winning team. Right. Which was the Brooklyn Nets. And they pretty much ran away with that game. Yeah. You know, um, the team looks healthy. I don't see any issue with Embiid's knee. No, and I, I do no, and when it, it's just he is so dominant when he's locked in like this, Mike. It's just, it's ridiculous how good he is. He's a monster, and he keeps getting better. He keeps getting better. He's passing out of the double team the way you know you would want your big to pass out of the double team. Right, right. And you know, finally, I don't know if it was because Dan Burke was on the bench for a couple games. But the 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 off ball players are cutting better, mm-hmm. so you know they look a little more focused. They're cutting better, and they makes it makes the pass easier for Embiid to make when you know when you cut correctly. And there is a way of cutting. Like you can just you can olay it, or you can actually do it. Rub your guy off the uh, pick, backdoor him off the hard jab. If you hard if you hard jabs that one way, you come back. And, and you're crisp with it. You're going to spin the defender, and it's going to give him, you know, spin the defender's back to Embiid. Mm-hmm. Embiid's going to have a clear passing lane to get it to you, and you're going to have an easy dunk, alley-oop, or, you know, a little baby J. And that's what you're seeing. You're also seeing um, the two-man game working well with Curry and Embiid. Uh, kind of like what they had with uh, the – the. Uh, the pick and rub with uh, JJ Redick and MB right, right under Brett Brown, totally. except for you couldn't do, you couldn't do any more than one action out of that play because JJ Redick was too slow to go to the basket. You know, his driving skills weren't that great. So you <laughs> knew he was going to pick roll and shoot. 
So that was so obvious for other defensive for other defenders on the team on other teams to stop that play. Granted, they didn't stop it much because Reddick had a quick release. So, you know, he always got the shot up. But more than likely, you know, it, it was just like, oh God, we're running this play again. So you're seeing it now, that action play with Curry, and you're getting you're getting almost three more plays out of this action. So now you're getting Curry on the curl, going to the hoop, and he's been he's been playing well. You're getting Embiid who can who can fade out, and Curry can get him a pass once Embiid's guy collapse on Curry if Curry's driving, or you can have Curry on the shot. So you're having more action out of that one play than what you were getting out of just Reddick's play with just the jumper. So it's making the game much easier on the offense. It's creating more offense and more space for players. Does it make sense? Absolutely, man. You really broke it down to the science there. I love it. But and like, uh, <laughs> but I, I from what like you know I'm seeing in terms of just how they everyone's feeding off of each other. Everyone's got a swagger. Embiid is so confident in everything he does. You can just tell by his body language. He doesn't have that. You know, he'll when he'll kind of just, uh, you know, when he gets angry and he's disgruntled and he and he just you could just tell by his body language a lot of times that he's just he, he's not the you know he's battling through the knee injury with the pain whatever it may be. Now it's no matter what he's doing, he's picking guys up from you know teammates up from the ground. He's high fiving. He's getting fired up. He's yelling. He's screaming. He's hyping up the crowd. That like just from a basic eye test is so important to almost kind of radiate those good vibes from not just the team from the bench from the fans from wherever they are and I think it's it's been massive to see how much this team has really grown and shown we can take care of business we can get the job done when it needs to happen and I think they're going to continue to build off of this they got Houston coming up next week I think they're going to pound them and then all of a sudden it's like all right we're at that point, we would be what 24 and 16, like that. Uh, that's a run. No, when they play Houston, they'll be 23 and okay. 16. If 23. They Houston, uh, they haven't really made up any grounds in the um, in the win loss category. Uh, they were four games out, and then um, Brooklyn has lost a couple games. And ironically, if, if you haven't been paying attention to the East, the Chicago Bulls are the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So the Sixers are five games still behind the uh, number one seed. Because last time we talked, Mike, they were five games out. Right. On the number one seed. But we said it was all going to come down to this month and how they were going to play and, you know, determine the factor on the Sixers making a big push. And we mm -hmm. talked about that. 12-2 and two is what we wanted. But we'll settle for ten and four, and ten and four is kind of realistic with this uh, month. Right. And they're what six and zero the last six games. That's correct. Five and zero in in January right now. So you know this is the push that we've been speaking about the last two months. Um, it's funny though because look, you know, you brought up the win loss column, Mike. Um, yeah. They're two games. They're two games behind. Um. Brooklyn in the win column. They're four games behind the Bucks in the win column. But the Bucks 
are only one game up on the Sixers in the loss column. Yep. And this is this is so weird looking at this. I mean, it's all jumbled because of the you know the COVID games getting canceled and whatnot. Yeah, and and that's another thing. COVID has ran through this team already. Yeah. So hopefully they're done with COVID and they could just focus on hooping. You know, down right. the stretch where COVID starting. Still got to get Maxi back too. Yeah, when you once you get Mad Max back, you know everything will be all right. Um, but the way they're holding it down right now, I have no issue with it. Um, yeah, so Milwaukee's twenty six and fifteen. The Sixers are twenty two and sixteen. Brooklyn's twenty four and thirteen. So even though Milwaukee has two more wins than the Nets, and let's and and by the way, uh, the Nets can't beat Milwaukee. I'll, I'll just put it out there right now. It's the a Bucks own, yeah, the Bucks own the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about a drumming? <laughs> Lord, did you see that score the other night, Mike? Yeah, I was watching the game. Oh my goodness! It don't matter how how good KD is, they they can't beat the Bucks, man. They just yeah, can't do got it. Got their number, sure do. But they're both sitting two and a half games out of behind the Bulls. Um, even though the Bucks have two more wins and the the, the uh, Nets have two less losses, the Nets are sitting in a two seed. So you know the Sixers are right there, man. They're all bundled up. They're all bunched up. And I think these are the five teams we talked about in the beginning of the year. The the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, and the Bulls. Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we saw the Bulls so much as we maybe predicted the Hawks being there. And the Hawks are in the toilet right now. Yeah, we. I mean, we definitely didn't say the the Bulls would be anywhere near the one seed, but we. I think we said middle of the pack in terms of the seeding. Yeah, after they made some trades and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, if I remember correctly. Right. But, um. Yeah, seeing the Bulls at the one seed, man, it, it's it's mind-boggling. We might have to reach out to uh, some of our Chicago faithful and bring them on and see what they're talking out there. Now yeah. they got Lonzo Ball and uh, DeRozan and, and you know, making the game easier for a Levine, which is what we always talk about for Embiid. These guys got to make the game easier for Embiid. And Embiid said it in the post game. You know, when these guys are taking the shots, whether they, they miss it, or or make it you know he wants them to take the shot because it makes his job easier especially when they're finishing at the rim um you know as long as they make the game easier for him he can continue to be dominant and the sixers can keep rolling you know the last 10 games the sixers are seven and three six game winning streak uh they're finally 500 at home at eight and eight and they got a nice uh they're 14 and eight from away from the center so it's not bad it could be better. We've seen it a lot better. They gotta, you know, they gotta increase the home wins. They, this used to be one of the, the best home teams in the NBA, and we gotta continue that. We still got the best fans, I believe. So, hundred percent. Not not worrying about that too much. Hey, Mike, man, coming up, you know, we're gonna talk about um, Tobias Harris and uh, Danny Green. Danny Green, open mouth, insert foot again, again. <laughs> yeah. So we we definitely gonna touch that. And uh, we got that and so much more coming up on this edition of Philly Full Court Press, man. Stay with us, fam. Grab your drinks. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. We were born in a city that took on an empire and won. A city that goes its own way, then goes all in. We find our own way to win. We lift the game higher. 
we find beauty in blocks. Our history is making history. And just as we did then, we wanted more. We abandoned the rule book of basketball. We blend science with sweat. We drown opponents in decibels because Philly doesn't follow convention. We lose more sweat, more sleep, more hours, more sanity. But we don't lose, we get hungry. Every fight has an underdog and they can't stop 20,478 of us. Because on this team, in this city, revolution is our name. make something that truly reflects the city of Philadelphia, it better be great. It better stand the test of time. You better expect to work if you want the results. That's just how the city was built. And that's just how we're made. You see, here, greatness requires a push and a pull. A challenge, a goal. A chase, a pursuit. But when you get there, by day or night, you'll turn the curve into as great a city as you'll find anywhere. Where the stars light up the night, reflecting icon. Rock the baby to sleep and slammed up. Reflecting greatness. Iverson has Jordan. Reflecting the spirit of competition that has fueled us from the start. Built for the city. Built for the night battle. Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at sixers.com slash app. everybody welcome back big t will my man michael connell so um yeah before we went on on took that little quick break uh mike man your your, your guy your boy <laughs> to, to, tobias harris <laughs> that's my boy come on that's, that's your boy that right. and, and uh you know daniel green <laughs> the, the 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 green eye bandit who by the way had a stellar game the other night mike that's fair stellar, he did Stellar game. My man had he was zero for zero for zero for zero for zero for zero in twenty four minutes. <laughs> Doing cardio, getting his cardio in, man. <laughs> he, he was on the Mike Scott plane. <laughs> he was out there getting his cardio. <laughs> Tony Snell. Yeah, the last person to do that was Tony Snell to play at least twenty minutes. Mike Scott played uh, fourteen minutes and and put up no stats 
Yep. Danny Green and Tony Snell playing over 20 minutes and putting up no stat. Mike, in my hoop days, I would have put up, I could put up one stat in <laughs> 20 minutes. Give me something. something. <laughs> you know, give me a deflection. Anything. He <laughs> <laughs> get a deflection. I mean, kick the ball out of bounds. Drop kick <laughs> that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Really? So, but you know, Danny Green, you and then after that, you know, you want to run your mouth. Like, Man, didn't you learn over the summertime? So, you know, over the summertime, you, you defended 2-5. And now you got egg on your face because 2-5 say he don't want, want nothing to do with y'all. So now you're defending uh, Tobias Harris. And, you know, uh, Mike, play the clip. If you if any, any of you guys didn't hear, play a clip with uh, Danny Green said. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know it's getting to him. Um... I'm always trying to be the guy, the media, the encourager, because I know what the work he puts in. And regardless of of how he's playing, he does not deserve the disrespect that he's gotten, you know, this far from our home court or our fans or even outside fans. You know, a lot of people outside of our fans have not given him the benefit of doubt of the things that he's done for the you know this team last year and in the past years, um, the work he's put in. And obviously, all they see is the numbers. They see. Uh, what he's not doing and what he's making and what he they think he should be doing, what they think he should be doing. And he's a big part of this team. And, um, you know, I just try to tell him, you know, to just block out the noise. We all do. And we try to encourage him. We try to simplify and make the game easier for him. Uh, we know you're frustrated. We know things sometimes are not going your way. And he, he knows, you know, yeah, I do have to perform. I do have to play better. And it, that happens. So, so, Mike, Danny Green said, you know, it's disrespectful for the fans to be booing because Tobias Harris works hard. He sees the hard work he's putting in day in and day out, and he cares. It's not – it's disrespectful for us fans to sit here and watch this guy be allergic to 30. It's disrespectful for for the fans to sit here and know the capabilities of what Tobias Harris has on the court, and he gives you 20 first-half points. And then disappears the second half. <laughs> oh it's my like gosh. it's like he comes out in the first half in a Superman cake, and he goes back in the locker room and comes back out as Clark Kent. <laughs> it's totally. supposed to be re- it's supposed to be reversed. <laughs> right, right. It should be. Embiid needs help. If you want to go anywhere in the East and you can ride an MVP candidate like Joel Embiid, you have to pull your weight, especially making thirty million dollars. You can't give me booing is disrespectful. And it was a big talk about that on Philly radio. About one one uh, uh, person said booing wasn't disrespectful and Philly fans are soft and he didn't care about what Green said. And, you know, and his colleagues were drumming him, saying it is. What are you talking about? Why are you defending this guy? So, but I'm not going to get back into, into all that nonsense. But the, the fact of the matter, in my opinion, you know, solely my opinion. We have every goddamn right to boo your ass when you suck. Period. You you get that kind of money. You're here to be part of a big three, and you're not pulling your weight. You deserve to get booed because booing is the frustration that the fans are in when they watching your play is not up to the caliber it needs to be. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent, no doubt about it. Like Philly fans could do whatever the hell they want based on spending their hard-earned money, going to Wells Fargo Center, buying a $16 beer, $15 popcorn, whatever it may be. 
they can they can enjoy themselves however they feel suit they feel they feel is is appropriate and Harris who statistically speaking is having the worst season of his career can the fans can say whatever they want this is ridiculous come on now I mean I get it you want your you want to be you want to have your teammates teammates back and you want to be there for them that's all well and good and I'm all good and all for it but once you start talking about fans and what the fans should and shouldn't do that's when I have an issue because if it wasn't for the fans, you wouldn't be making that $30 million. The fans are the ones that come out there night in, night out to support you. That's right. And they're showing and they're booing you because they're frustrated with the situation that's going on. They're not booing you because they don't like you. They're booing you because they want you to play better. They want you to play better. Now I got to give props to, to, uh, to because to at the end of the post game after the Orlando game, he addressed it. And, you know, Mike, this is what he said. Play that clip. Yeah, it was obviously frustration. I think, um, you know, I, I understand that our, uh, our fan base boos uh, at times, um, you know, and um, they also cheer for us louder than anybody, you know. Um, you know, I don't want nobody to get twisted. I love our fan base. Um, I love um, the excitement coming into Wells Fargo Arena. I know they are our six man in helping us. And I also know that, um, you know, with, uh, with cheers, you also, you know, with praise, you also have to be willing to take criticism as well. At that point, I, you know, was completely frustrated for sure. And, um, you know, it was just one of, one of those things, but, uh, obviously something that I learned from it is just to keep, keep it cool all the way around and keep being who I am. You know, I've, um, had a, uh, what you can call it, a, a up and down year for myself thus far, but, um, I don't think anybody in that arena is harder on me than I am on myself. And, uh, now I understand that and I want to play the greatest basketball that I can play. And that's just me as a competitor person, whatever it is. And, you know, I work my ass off daily to get to that point. And I'm always empowering myself to think positive and push on. And I will get to the point where I'm playing the type of basketball that I will, um, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with. And, uh, you know, tonight was a good step in that direction. And, and that's what it's about. Everybody goes through, rough rough patches in their careers as well but you know for me I look at it like when when I get up out of this and you know it's going to be a good story to tell other people of resilience and just fighting through and finding your rhythm and balance all the way around so um yeah I mean that's just what I can just talk on that so he addressed it and you know props to to Tobias for stepping up you know I you know Here's the issue, and Tobias is a likable guy. Everyone likes Tobias Harris in the NBA. You know, it you could take you can take uh you could take um the what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? You could take accountability, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and Tobias Harris has taken account accountability. He took accountability at the end of the Atlanta game, and he's taking accountability here. The problem with the fans have is you're not backing your accountability up. You got to back up what you're saying. So if you're saying you got to do better and play better, 
then you got to show us that you want to do better and play better. You can't keep taking accountability and not giving back what you want the fans to see. Because the fans are going to then hold you accountable. Exactly. I mean, I don't know why it was so hard for some people to understand that. You know, I, I looked up the the meaning of booing and disre- and it, it, it is not disrespectful. I don't care what the the definition says because it was used in a different term in a different setting. The plot was different in this situation of booing than what the actual definition is. Right, it's all relative. It's all relative, correct. So, you know, fans keep booing and you're not if you're not happy, and you know. When you when they start get, when the players and and uh, you know coaching staffs and everyone starts giving back the the hundred percent that we see them giving night in night out and then you'll be below. So I mean that's basically what I gotta say about it, Mike. Yeah, you're, you're spot on, T. Will, and you know un- unfortunately for the city of Philadelphia and the fans in, in the city of the four major sports teams. The, the Philly fans get blamed for so much of what should be talked about taking accountability for the players. I mean, every single time uh, a big star gets asked, oh, do you want to play in Philadelphia? It always surrounds the fact that the media is too harsh. The, the talk show hosts are, are too critical. The fans, the boo birds come out all the time. I'm sorry. That shows the passion, the love for the sports that this city does have and has had for the entire existence of these franchises. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. If anything, it's going to continue to get a more of a of an environment where we expect nothing but success, nothing but the best and nothing but the 110 percent effort from all these guys that are earning million dollars, millions of dollars night in, night out, day in, day out to play a game. T will to play a game. I'm sorry. You gotta expect this is going to be the case when you don't perform and you don't live up to the billing. No doubt about it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we're gonna leave it at that, man. Hey, listen, coming up real quick, uh, coming up to our last uh, final thoughts. We're gonna wrap it up. We'll sound off and uh we're gonna have a little QA, have a little fun. You know, I saw something that uh caught my eye, you know, and I put it out there. So we're going to use that for the Q&A. Hey, yo, this is Big T Ward. That's my man, Michael Connell. This is Philly Full Court Press. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks.
Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at sixers.com slash app. Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo. Want you say? Hold on. Hey, cheese steak. Cheese steak. Come on. Come on. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got burgers. You want some burgers? What does he want? Burger. You got the cheese steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the cheese steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The both are. Forget about it. Drop the phone. What do you want? Cheese steak. Do you want a burger? Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop. He wants a cheese steak and a burger on one bun. What does he want? We do that. You know that. Learn the fundamentals of basketball from Philadelphia 76ers players, staff, and coaches. From the ages of 5 to 17, Sixers Camp programs meet the needs of all skill levels. Sign up now at SixersCamps.com or call 610-668-7676. One, two, three, Yeah, baby, everybody, welcome back. Appreciate y'all, all y'all mother fathers. <laughs> looking at this, looking at this schedule. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna tighten everything up real quick. Looking at the schedule, Mike said they got the Rockets, and your home. You got a home and home with uh, the Hornets and the nasty Celtics, who, by the way, are just trash, and we appreciate them being trash. You'll never hear me here. You'll never hear me celebrate anything about the Celtics. That's like celebrating something on the Cowboys. Just not going to happen. <laughs> Just not going to happen. Never. Uh, never. So don't even expect it. Uh, so you got you got the um, Hornets, Celtics, and then you got the Miami Heat. That's a Saturday night, eight o'clock. Is that a prime time game, Mike? Is that ABC or no? I believe it is. Okay. So Saturday the fifteenth, you know, that's going to be a big game. Jimmy buckets, Bam, Hero, Duncan, uh, uh, Mike's boy, Kyle Lowry, <laughs> yes sir, and uh, a whole bunch of others. So the Heat, the Heat are uh, playing well, and they look good. Of course, you know they're they're actually. Uh, a game and a half up on the Sixers for the four spot. So, you know, that might come down to a, a seeding game right there if the season ended today. You want to play good coming down this stretch, going into the all-star break. That's always been the plan. Play, come out of the gates after Christmas, start stacking the wins, going to the all-star break, healthy and ready to, you know, enjoy a couple days. And then you come out at all-star break, then you start working worrying about the trades, the the um the pickups, the signing uh of guys who are getting uh dropped, and you get ready for the playoffs, man, in spring. Cause that's another thing. After the uh, all-star game, you know, right around the corner of spring. And after all this snow we got, Mike, last two snowstorms, yeah, I'm ready for spring already, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Patience is low. 
Patience is seriously low because <laughs> any other time this snow wouldn't have bothered me, but yeah, man, patience is very low. <laughs> um, so handle the Celtics, you know, you got the Heat, and then you got the Washington Wizards, you got the Magic, and then the Clippers. All winnable games. As anything I talked about about the Heat, it's still a winnable game. Mm. And why is it a winnable game, Mike? Because we got M Beast. That's right. Because you got Joel and Beast. When you got Joel and Beast, you're in every game. Yes, sir. Especially the way he's playing right now. So you handle business. Those next five games, we're looking good. You be twenty seven. Yeah. Or twenty twenty eight because they twenty seven twenty seven and sixteen and. That looks pretty good. Yeah, You're starting I mean, not, to, nice to get 10 games over 500. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, then you start increasing the confidence, even more confidence in the team. So, you know, let's 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 focus on that, Philly. And, uh, you know, get a little excited. Get some people something to talk about. Uh, Mike. Yes, sir. I mean, I kind of I kind of sounded off on Harrison Green. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to touch it too much. Um, let me ask you: if the if the season ended today, who's your MVP? Hmm, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple options. You got right. KD. You got Curry. You got Embiid. And you got Demar Derozan. Hmm. Listen, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought it was Curry for a long time. I feel like he has kind of plateaued a little bit and hasn't been playing as well as he was where he was lighting it up and couldn't miss, uh, like, you know, earlier on in the season. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of take a homer pick here and pick Embiid because just based on what the difference in this team, the Sixers team has been when he's on versus off the court, I think is the most drastic out of all of those guys. I think out of anyone in the league, not just the guys you named. And I think we, we've seen just how much he can take, he can elevate this team from being a middle-of-the-pack, kind of a lousy, mediocre team without him versus a team that can beat anyone, any day, any night uh, around the league, no doubt about it. And that is why I'm going with Joel Embiid. I don't think it's a homer pick. I think it's just the right pick. Fair, it's, fair. It's, it's, it, it, you know, you're watching the hoops and you're cutting it up. You're yeah. cutting up NBA at night. Yeah. You know, so you see, you know, you're seeing the the, the stat lines and you're hearing the, the calls. That's right. And, you know, Embiid is, like I said, he's playing better than what he was in the stretch of the MB, MVP race last year. And I'm telling you, that's motivating this guy. It's motivating him because if you notice, he hasn't missed many games. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone was harping. Oh, well, he missed this game, and Jokic played every game. Okay, now what? Embiid has, mi- has missed what five games this year, if that. Yeah, and he, but he's still not getting enough attention. I mean, people are maybe finally starting to wake up and smell the roses and and look at the the absolute tear that he's because been on the last the nine fog, games. But because of the stench and fog of yes. two five. Yes, exactly. It's still pulling this team down, no matter yeah. what. Yep. As long as as long as he's still here, it's it's still going to be 
or an overlooked situation. And to be honest with you, like we talked about, I think it's going to play out all year. He's over $10 million fined. And Maury's probably going to make a move in the offseason. He's mm-hmm. going to go after a stud if nothing can't be done before the trade deadline. And let him rot. Yeah. I was good. I was good with it before and I'm good with it now. Let him rot. Because let me tell you something. You you go out here, you and and you cause all this ruckus. And then you come into the season and then you find a loophole where you if you say you have a mental a mental illness or you're mentally challenged that you can't be fine. You out here getting engaged, throwing New Year's Eve parties. <laughs> Having fireworks, had your birthday, moved, Wimbledon. You you're doing all kinds of stuff that mentally challenged people wouldn't be doing. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Yeah, man, that's the, fair. This the the stench is is it don't smell good. No. Like like Outcast said, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Your roses stink. So, you know that's that's where we at with that, Mike. Yeah. So you're right. Embiid is being overlooked because of that situation. But if he gets through January, you get the Sixers in the top three of the East, mm-hmm. pushing for that number one spot again. Mm-hmm. He's going to get looked at. He's got to get looked at. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be blasphemous if he didn't. Oh, you can't overlook him two seasons in a row. That's just it, it'd just be criminal. Yeah. Criminal. Exactly. exactly. Criminal. So hey Mike, man, let me get your final thought before we go into QA. Yeah, man. It's uh it, this is I think such a key part. Uh, you know, we talked about it of the schedule this month, the next couple of weeks. And if the Sixers can possibly get to the mountaintop, they're going to have to really buckle down and take care of business these next couple of weeks. I think there is certainly reason to be optimistic, especially based on how Embiid is completely on another planet right now compared to the rest of the league. And I think as Sixers fans are starting to, to kind of get a little bit more positive, I say ride that way, baby. Enjoy it while we have it. This is really the first time that I feel like the whole Simmons situation is starting to take at least a little bit of a backseat in terms of at least Philadelphia media and, and Sixers fans' mindsets. So, hey, enjoy this run. Buckle down. And I really think in a couple weeks, at the end of the month from now, when we when we sit down and record again, T-Will, we're really going to be fired up. I agree, Mike. Definitely. My final thought, man, go Birds. We in the playoffs. Mike, they in the playoffs, Mike. Playoffs. <laughs> How about that? Playoffs? Playoffs? Jim Are you Mora. kidding me? <laughs> trying to win a damn game. I'm trying to win a damn game. I didn't want to talk about playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Eagles are in the playoffs, dog. Wow. Believe it or not. Who would have thought it? Yo, you didn't think it. No. I didn't think it. No way. I said six wins and mm-hmm. everything on top was a cherry. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to enjoy each game. Like I said, the Sixers, I'm just going to enjoy each game. Had no emotional attach to any team this year. Damn sure didn't see the Flyers playing the way they're playing. Wow. <laughs> <Sheesh>. <laughs> you want to talk about some emotional attached fans, Mike? Right, right. 
Go to go down to Bring It On Broad. Go check that hashtag and see them things. They've been putting bags on their heads since before Christmas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, that's that's my final thought. Go birds. Uh, just, you know, next week, Mike. That's that's what I'm hyped for. Like, we got an extra week of football. Super wild card weekend, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, hey, yo, this is the part of the show Q and A where uh, I usually ask you guys ask some questions. And I usually have the answers. But uh, you know we've been flipping it a little bit this season. Uh, I put a I put a little something out there on Twitter that I saw. It was a what if, and uh, Mike's gonna break it down to us because we had a lot of responses. And then it's funny because I was talking to the Cuz, and I heard what the Cuz had to say, and I kind of agree with him, Mike. So I'm gonna bring that up too. But Mike, go ahead, read the what if and the responses to what I put out there. Yeah, here we go, Sixers fans. So which would you choose, Mikel Bridges never being traded? Jimmy Butler never leaving. Jalil Okafor never regressing. Kawhi Leonard missing the shot in game seven. Allen Iverson won a ring. Markel Fultz stayed healthy. If Ben Simmons was a three-point shooter. If Tobias Harris was never traded for. Or if the 76ers had drafted Jason Tatum. That's tough, Mike. Oh, man, and we got some good responses, too, but it, it was an overwhelming response that was most popular. Yeah, but I got like I said, I kind of agree with the cuz on this one. Like, you could throw you, you kind of got to throw that one out, like, because that's an obvious, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. It's an obvious. Go ahead, get to the responses, then we'll, we'll chop it up. So this is from Fed Up, Grind Up. He said, it's Allen Iverson won a ring and it's not even close. As much as I wish Jimmy never left, AI winning a ring would be like Dawkins if he had one as an eagle. We all wanted that for AI. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, it's only Joe at Joe the Cynic. He said, I'd go Iverson first, then Butler if there was a support Barkley after Doc and Moses left. That would I be like a that. tough option. I like that one. Yeah, that, that's a good one. What else you got? This is from One Man Gang. He said, it's Iverson, but that has nothing to do with the process era. So I'd go with Kawhi missing because the Sixers would have won that title. Yeah, because let's think about it. The Sixers owned the Bucks that season, matched up well, and, you know, Sixers get past there. You, you're looking at potential ring. And that eliminates Jimmy Butler never leaving because he wins his ring with Embiid. And then Simmons not crying because now you're defending champs in the third year right now. But you got to take the good with the bad. So there's the good, okay? If he misses a shot, Sixers beat the Bucks and then potentially win the championship. The bad, you still got Brett Brown here. Yeah. You still got turmoil in, in the locker room between Butler and Simmons. Yeah. And Brett Brown. You don't go and draft Markel Fultz, or then you wouldn't have an opportunity to draft Jason Tatum. You gotta think about that. You gotta mm-hmm. lay that out a little bit. Yeah, it's all about the chain reactions, you know, the domino effect. That's right. That's right. Spot on, Mikey. What else you got? 
and this is this is another one that that you guys are really on the same page from david j daniels he said it's it's that jimmy never left probably would have won it all at least once by now and his whole ben drama never happens potentially potentially never happens but then does brett brown still be here right probably yeah well i mean look at the avenues you you could have you could go down with each one you know but you got to find the one that's going to start it off and you can't say oh never trade for tobias because if you don't trade for tobias then you never had the opportunity to get jim so you know it's 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 fascinating it's fascinating and what gargano said was and i agreed with him you can't put Iverson and say Iverson never Iverson won a ring. That's obvious. That is so stone cold obvious. And if anyone disagreed with that, then you're really not really a diehard Sixer fan in that era. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we all want AI to win. Everybody. Yes. Even in players in the NBA want him to win a chip. But you know, so that saying, you know, you only can choose one. That. That, that's an obvious one. So you, that one should even be in there. So you throw that out, and then if you say, well, Ben Simmons makes a three, well, if Ben Simmons makes a three, then he becomes the dominant player that fans thought he would have been. And then you're going to win multiple titles. Mm. And he's going to make those threes with Jimmy here. So Jimmy's here, and he wins titles because he goes, he wins if the if the missed shot never happens. The triple doing the Sixers win that. So, I mean, Mike, which one would you pick? And and you can't say Tatum over Fultz or Fultz because I think Fultz would have plateaued out. I don't think he would have got any better. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I obviously love Mikel Bridges, and that would be awesome if, if, if the Sixers had never traded him, but you, you can't pick that one. That, that is... That doesn't hold en- en- nearly enough weight that as some of the no others. No weight. None. Yeah. None. I feel like they're like just trying to fill up a box at that point. <laughs> but right, and then they kept adding boxes, so you say AI yeah. win a ring. Like, yeah. come on, man. And I agree with Joe. You know, then you got to go Barkley and Doc. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I, one hundred percent go with uh, with Simmons as a three point shooter because it just completely would would change his game. And I feel like if he was able to do that, then his whole mental health issues would never even come into fruition, and he would have been, you know, lo- beloved by the fans rather than that rather than hated. And that's obviously still he's a all NBA defensive player. So talk about the full package. I mean, that's it right there. Sorry, Simmons. You know, I got I kind of agree with you. If uh, you know, if two five developed a uh, three point shot, obviously he has a jumper and he has a foul shot that goes along with that package. Yeah. Therefore, you put that, you combine all that with his defensive prowess and his presence right. on the court. <laughs> who's beating this team? Exactly. And Butler's already here. Mm-hmm. And if you're winning, who's quiet? Who's not chirping? Butler. Yes. Butler's still here. So that means, oh God, I gotta still deal with Brett Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, what I, what I want to win an NBA multiple titles to deal with Brett Brown. <laughs> oh man. Yes, yes, come on. Yeah, we'll use that for the next edition of the <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I didn't think about that one. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Woo, talk about being put in the corner. <laughs> oh man. And I can hear people say, oh, Pete, what the hell are you talking about? If you take the title, cares about Brad Brown. You don't understand how much hatred I get from Brad Brown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yo, man, yo, this <laughs> Yo, this is Big T World, man. That's my man, Michael Connell. This is the Philly Four Court Press, man. We appreciate y'all. Have a safe, blessed New Year. And uh, we're going to keep bringing y'all some heat. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace. O'Connell from Philly Full Court Press. You can find Full Court Press on any streaming podcast platforms. Follow Full Court Press on Twitter at Full Court 76 and Instagram at Full Court Press 76. If you have any questions for us or for the staff, email us at Full Court Press 76 at gmail.com. As always, we thank you so much for the support and we truly appreciate it.